morning and welcome. It's that time once again, the Patriot Radio News Hour. Happy Monday. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group, and I hope this finds you well wherever you may be listening. I'll tell you what, whatever happened to the dry heat, wow. I know we need rain, and we love it when it rains here, but it has been so, I don't remember it being this humid in a long, long time. It was all week. Matter of fact, clouds are out again. Uh, who knows? We may get some more rain again, but I'll take the dry heat any time. Uh, I hope your summer is going well. The back-to-school getting ready to kick off. I know uh, I told you last week, football practices starting across the valley. Uh, I think all the kids get back to school right around the that first week of August. I think between uh, like August 1st or through the 10th, and depending on what school district you're in, and and uh, everybody trying to uh, get that last of the vacations in and get back. I guess, to to the realities. But that's where this show comes in, because we love reality. Our toll-free number, 800-951-0592. The physical delivery of wealth insurance. Legal, lawful, constitutional tender. There was a reason the founding fathers wanted it to be that way. And we're starting to to really live their fears, right? As we've got a, we've got the money changers. The bankers are in charge. Uh, they're running the economy, and they're well. Let's face it; they've created the the largest pool of debt the world has ever seen. And now, all of a sudden, no one, no one can grow. No one can. No one can get GDP moving again. It doesn't matter which country it's in. Uh, go out to the website at allamericangold.com. If you haven't read my latest blog, check it out. Listen, I'll tell you why wages aren't growing in this country. It's really simple. It is. It's called the side hustle, the side gig. Right? These are the jobs that we're left with. Right? We're, we're, we're left with, with driving people around. You know, <laughs> I don't know what will happen if we actually really did get driverless cars. <laughs> It, it actually, it's a twofold problem. It's killing everything. Car sales. Now General Motors is talking about uh, the possibility of having to close six plants. Well, we'll talk about that. We had existing home sales out. And another one of those numbers, sales were down uh, quite a bit more, well, pretty much double what was expected. Prices continue to go the other direction, and they keep trying to convince you it's an inventory problem. It's not an inventory problem. There's plenty of $10 million homes, $5 million homes, $1 million homes. There's plenty of $750,000 homes. You know what there isn't? There's no homes for less than $200,000. They're just not there. Right, and the ones that do sell, they're really what apartments. But they they slashed out the word apartment <laughs> and replaced it with condo or townhome. And, and it's not listen, it's not a bad thing. When you look here and you drive in this town, you know what's happening, right? It's going to get 
everything's an apartment complex. They're building this monstrosity complex on the 101 in Scottsdale, but everywhere you go, it's another apartment and another apartment and another apartment. These massive complexes, they're just getting ready. That's the new American dream. And you know what? The home builders get it. They're like, ah, can't make any money. I can't build a home in Scottsdale for $200,000. I can't. You know what I can do, though, is I <laughs> I can build these apartment complexes. I'll throw, I'll splash the word luxurious on it because it'll make it sound better, but I'll get 1600 bucks a month. And that's really what, what and, and really when you put all the housing reports together, when you look at permits, when you look at groundbreakings, and then you look at existing home sales, you look at new home sales, it really points a, a, a pretty simple picture. It's really not even complicated. They're building apartments because guess what? That's all people can really afford. Now the difference is the apartments 10 years ago used to be $750. Now they're 1600 bucks, And that's just, you know, you're talking about a one-bedroom, uh, in a really nice area. You go down near ASU. I just I was talking to uh, 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 this kid that I met, and we were talking, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm I'm uh, looking for an apartment down near ASU." He goes, "There's only one complex I could find that's charging a thousand dot well less than it, it was nine hundred ninety five dollars for a one bedroom." And he goes, and I don't know what it looks like. I'm going to go look at it. He goes, but all the new ones, and they've built at least 10 new complexes down near ASU. He goes, all of them want 1600 bucks for one bedroom. And then you start thinking about who could afford it all. But we're going to break it all down for you. We got the numbers. Uh, existing homes was up again another almost 7% to a new all-time record high. I'm going to tell you why that doesn't count against inflation. We're going to talk health care. I know that's always a favorite subject. And how it is that we have no inflation, another reason. I actually did not know that. I learned it today. And I can't wait to share it all with you. Uh, when your premiums go up, the Federal Reserve really doesn't care. And we'll also talk about things that aren't in their model as well, as we all try to speculate where the next turn is, uh, gold's up again, uh, seventh straight day in a row. Uh, right now, it's only up a dollar, twelve hundred and fifty-six dollars. Uh, Wall Street is down. We had more uh, earnings number missing the mark in the retail sector. We'll tell you who it is. Don't touch that dial. Butter in that, but you know, I was just thinking. I don't stop thinking. <laughs> Every time I do. I'm like, man, that's going to cost me more money. I was just, you know, talking about how uh, football practice has started here in the Valley. And everybody starts uh, this week or next week, just depending on when your first game is. And and I was thinking about, you know what, now I've got two kids in high school. One's a senior, one's a freshman. Football, for the two, cost me $1,000. And I guess I should be happy about that because... <laughs> Last year, they were charging even more money for one kid to play football. They actually lowered 
the cost. Of course, they just did less, right? I mean, that's how they lowered it. Hey, we're not going to do this, and we're not going to do that, and and a thousand dollars for my two kids to play high school football. Then they both play basketball. <laughs> Again, it's another. You know, you have the entry price, and these are the entry prices, right? Because it's always well this. This will cover for this. But then we also want to do this tournament and that passing league and, and go to this event and do that camp, and that's all extra. I mean, just for my kids to play two sports, right? I remember when I was in high school, you played year-round, whatever the sport was, right? You played football, right? You didn't went to basketball, baseball, some people, soccer, you may have played tennis or golf or whatever, wrestling. And and nowadays, we're in this thing where nobody does that anymore. Part of it having to do with, hey, that just costs even more money. And And I'm just adding up in my head, just for my kids to play two high school sports apiece probably going to run me oh all all in assuming I don't have to buy helmets and shoulder pads right which I may have to my older son I owns his helmet and shoulder pads about twenty five hundred dollars just for my 17 and 14 year old to play two sports and then you that, that sit there and you're like, how can they sit there and tell us there's no inflation? And I was actually reading this article in the USA Today, and it was talking about don't hold your breath for that next big pay raise, right? And this is something, right, the Federal Reserve keeps saying, you know, wages are going to start rising. And, of course, you, then you listen to me. I said, no, they're not. Because what the Federal Reserve doesn't want to tell you, none of these jobs are really good jobs. I shouldn't say none of them. Listen, they're still there. There's still good jobs out there. There's just a lot, lot less of them. And you think about the spirit of the American worker. I actually, I take pride in the fact that 44 million people out there are working more than one job. That just tells you how badly we all want to make it. You know, I've said this for forever, right? We want to work, and we want to work a good job. You know what? All we do is give corporate welfare all the time. And now the USA Today is saying, hey, listen, forget about that pay raise. It's not going to come. Economists, I don't know, you know, I, I love these word, these economists. I don't know where they get any of their information. You know, we've been telling you this for how long now? Now they're just getting around uh, to let you know the truth. They're starting to suspect that the forces that once drove wages and prices higher in a virtuous cycle may no longer apply or at least could be muted for a prolonged period, what they're talking about is, hey, we have these economic models. <laughs> and they're really good ones. I mean, we went to school for a really long time. And, and we learned from some of the best out there. 
And all of these models say, hey, when this happens, when when employment goes unemployment goes way down or employment goes way up, wages and higher prices follow. And you know what? That was true. It was. It used to be true. But the bankers are now in charge. Right? This is what the Federal Reserve has done. This is why our founding fathers never wanted them to be in charge. And make no mistake about it, they're in charge. And you start looking at the workforce, and you start looking at the jobs, and you start looking at all of these things that are happening out there, they're all tied together. Now they're saying, hey, these economic models that they promised us, they don't work anymore. And the answer really is simple. It's because, let's face it, they don't want to hire a full-time worker. Right? Look at what full-time even is anymore, right? Now they're saying full-time is anything over 29 hours a week. They don't even want you on the payroll outsourcing and they outsource and it's not just the different countries look at how many people work are just contract workers right and and, and you think about all the 1099s because they don't want to pay for anything and now they're saying okay well let's start telling them the american public the truth you're probably not going to get much of a pay raise but in this article and it was actually right near the end. They did talk about uh, the, I guess what they're saying, the long-term forces that are holding down the wages. Okay, so this is how they're going to explain why it's not their fault. E-commerce is holding down wages. And so the Internet apparently is destroying your pay. Globalization that's destroying your pay. Inflation expectations are destroying your pay. And they said that the then they were talking about bond prices that the Ameri- that Americans expect prices to uh, price increases to be modest. I don't know how that would So in other words what they're saying is that since the Federal Reserve says there's no inflation, employers don't feel like they need to pay you any more money. I mean, that's essentially a fancy way of saying that. And again, this is all tied together. Think about Wall Street. Then you start thinking about globalization, right? That's what Wall Street is. Remember, Wall Street used to be what America was. Now it's what? Well, what the world does. And, of course, e-commerce, right, that's part of it. Then these ex- inflation expectations. Well, since the the head banker says there's no inflation, we don't have to pay. Then the next one was health care prices. And it says that health care makes up 20% of the Federal Reserve's preferred inflation measure. And this is very important because they they decided, you know what, this is the inflation that we want to use. 
forget about the inflation of the average person. We don't care about that. And instead, they have what they consider to be their preferred way of tracking. And I was like, okay, which I knew. In that, they say that annual prices in health care have fallen to about an increase of just 1%. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Any of you out there know your health care costs have gone up a whole heck of a lot more than 1% a year. And here's how they did it. They said that how the Federal Reserve, in their preferred inflation measure, calculates health care as it goes to inflation. They only look at the bills paid by insurance plans. They do not include premiums which have soared and uh, they said largely because the federal government limits the prices charged by doctors in hospitals under Medicare and Medicaid, which let's face it, almost what, well over half the population now is on one of those two plans. The Federal Reserve can say that health care hasn't gone up that much. And therefore, there is no health care inflation to speak of. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, this was, in, this was in the USA Today. It was today. Today's USA Today. You can read it for yourself. 20% is health care in, in the Fed's inflation deal. And you think about, you know, we talked about what are all the biggest expenses we have. Rents, right, mortgages. We just talked about existing homesteads. By the way, the average price, $264,000. Which, you're like, holy smokes. Right, according to the numbers, that's up 7%. The Federal Reserve, though, doesn't use that. No. Nah. We'll use some other system that will allow us to say, well, if you can't afford that, you'll rent something. And you'll rent something that you can't afford, so therefore it's not that bad. And their preferred method of inflation. Right? So you had your mortgage payment where you live. Your automobile payments are probably next followed by your health care payments, right? your premiums, which uh, today I learned the Federal Reserve doesn't even care about. Probably then your, uh, your car insurance and your student loan debt and your credit cards, right? All of the things. Oh, by the way, in your credit card, all your payments went up, right? Because the Federal Reserve has been raising rates. By the way, the last one, weak productivity growth. Those are the five reasons why you can expect not to get a pay raise. But this is the thing, again, the wolf guards the hen house. If they're going to lie to us 
about inflation, which, you know, according to them, well, this is just our preferred method. Right? Yeah, I know premiums are rising, but in our preferred method, yeah, we don't care. We know home prices are rising to the point, the reason why the home sales aren't very good is because no one can afford them. And no one's building houses that people can afford. Matter of fact, I was talking to one of my buddies. He works for a builder. He let me know today, there are going to be some homes for $200,000 or less. They're building them in Arizona City. And I apologize for people that don't live here in Arizona, but Arizona City is south of Casa Grande. And it's probably a little closer to Tucson than it is to Phoenix. That's how far away now you have to go to be able to get a home. They're actually going to start building them, he said, here uh, in the next couple of months in Arizona City. And they're going to be just under $200,000 in case you're interested. Uh, That's where you're going to have to go to look. says that home builder optimism is tumbling. An existing home sale slumped in June, fell at 1.8%. It was the second lowest total of the year. And, of course, the summertime is the busy time. But the average price of an existing home continued to skyrocket. Don't worry, though. We already know how this one ends. We've seen this movie play once before. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Mrs. Schlafly was a courageous and articulate voice for traditional values and common sense for more than 70 years. Now, from the Phyllis Schlafly Center Studios, here's Ryan Haidt. Phyllis Schlafly understood the important fact that fiscal and social policy are absolutely intertwined. In her insightful article, Changing Social Security to Hurt the Homemaker, she explained and exposed another feminist plot to exterminate the full-time homemaker from American normalcy. In June of 1979, the since-defunct Department of Housing, Education, and Welfare released a 323-page document in which they called for a change in the Social Security system to punish homemakers for being homemakers. In it, they proposed three different plans— all of which would force single-income families to pay more taxes to the tune of $1,000 annually during their working years, or receive up to $100 less per month when drawing Social Security. The HEW plan would have forced many homemakers to take on employment outside the home simply to avoid the added taxes. The real question is how feminists felt they could convince women that this proposal was in their best interest, when it clearly was not. To win favor for their side, feminists said that women should be earning Social Security benefits in their own right without dependence on men. They painted this proposal as an opportunity for women to leave their homes and do something supposedly more fulfilling. Women who did not want this, of course, would have no opportunity for dissent. This is another classic example of feminists trying to box all women into their version of what a woman should be. No woman should be forced to pay a dignity tax for doing work that feminists consider to be less dignified. Despite what they claim, the radical feminists of the 1970s were never in favor of helping women or giving women new opportunities and choices. Like Phyllis Schlafly, we should remember that from national defense to immigration to tax policy, 
everything has an impact on the family. That's why Phyllis took on so many tough issues. She was a successful defender of the family on every front. Conservatives should not forget that the war for the family is being fought on multiple fronts. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. You've seen the desperation of women's marches, the disgrace of Planned Parenthood, the rise of savvy young conservative women. Radical feminism is heading down a dead-end road. Voice your opinion on what's really important to women at phyllisschlafly.com. That's phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Patriot Radio News Hour. One quick note. Uh, another sporting good retailer. Uh, this one, Hibbit, and they're big. You, you may have never heard of them, uh, but they're on the East Coast. They got over a thousand stores. Uh, just uh, earning big miss on earnings, sales figures falling double digits, calling the environment challenging, probably an understatement. Shares were down 30% this morning. Uh, by the way, it also took down uh, Nike, Dick's, uh, Under Armour, Foot Locker, all falling as well. Uh, missed out on the move to online shopping is one of the reasons. Uh, doesn't say, they said uh, sales down 10% in the May to July period, far worse than the 1.9% drop Wall Street had expected. Uh, doesn't say if they're going to be closing any stores, but it certainly looks that way. Uh, but just to, to let you know what's been uh, affecting the market today, existing home sales came in. Like I said, less than expected, but the average price continuing to move. And we're stuck in, in this where, and I've been talking about it for a, for a long time, where the bankers, the Federal Reserve, and their economic models, what's in them, what's not in them. You know, and to think that you could have an economic model where premiums aren't in there. Right? Where Well... They track it. Don't get me wrong. It's not like they don't have the data. But somebody along the way has decided, well, let's use this instead of that. Let's use, let's do it this way instead of that way. And you look at all of the manipulation and the amount of change. And really, here's the funny thing. You know when the changes have, re- have occurred? All started after, again, after 1971, once they were fully in charge, and they've changed how they track everything. Unemployment. Right, let me tell you right now, we wouldn't be talking about full employment if we tracked unemployment the way we did, even in 1980. We wouldn't be talking about no inflation if we tracked it the way we did in 1980. And just like all of the, you know, people, you know, when you're running a scam, right, what do you do? You want to ensure that you make things appear better than what they are. And they, listen, they justify it, right? They sit down and, and again, a lot of this also occurred with the changeover at the Federal Reserve. And what do I mean by that? It used to be run by businessmen. 
people that were actually, you know, on the the street, the working man. If you go back and you look at quotes from J.P. Morgan, or you go back and you look at at uh, even the the old bankers, they all tell you gold is the only thing that's money. And slowly and but surely, things started to change, and now you have a bunch of academics running things. And they've created all of these. They're wonderful models. Right? They're, they're just, I mean, amazing. Packed full of formulas and calculations and... You you've got to have a, a probably a PhD in mathematics and economics and a doctorate and the whole nine yards to even understand what it is they're trying to 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 model because it's really simple, isn't it? When you talk about inflation, you would think, hey, we we took a basket, we got a hundred different things, maybe a thousand. I mean, we got computers nowadays, 10,000 items, and track them. And then look at the prices and say, okay, did they go higher or lower? If they went higher, inflation is rising. If they went lower, inflation is falling. Sounds very simple. Then they decided... They wanted to change it. Why? Why? But you know what? Because they just inflation kept falling. Do you think that was why? No. The reason they wanted to change it was they didn't want people to think inflation was too high. Look at the seventies. Right? Inflation was soaring, and they had to defeat that thing because they didn't want you to know what it was they were really doing. And so what did they do? They simply changed the equation. Right? If you don't like the answer, change the question. And this is how they've run it. And they, you know what? We let them. Because we wanted to believe. Right? All of us did. We wanted to believe. We all wanted a piece of the American dream. Right? We wanted the 2.4 kids, the dog, and the white picket fence. And this is what they said that was going to get us there. You know, when you think about Wall Street, that was going to get you there. Higher stock prices was going to lead us to economic salvation. And that these companies, if we made things easier on them, we're going to employ you by the tens of thousands of millions. And you're all going to get a great job, and you're all going to have a 401k, and everything was going to be wonderful. And they started changing how they calculate. They changed everything. And now you sit here, and, and you look at today, and you, you start scratching your head going, Hey, wait a minute. Doesn't feel like 4% unemployment. Because we know what that feels like, don't we? We used to have it. 
certainly doesn't feel like that now. Home prices at record high? Doesn't feel like that. <laughs> right? It doesn't. But yet there it is. Health insurance is it's killing us. Right? And people are out there freaking out if we want to get rid of Obamacare and we can't. I don't get it, but there it is. You look at GDP, right? And they, 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 I guess they need to change that again, right? That'll be the next one. We already have like four revisions for first quarter GDP because <laughs> the models weren't working well enough. And then you start thinking about sooner or later what happens. And really, what what's going to happen? People lose faith. And how close are we to that? Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back right after the break. Make sure you tune in tomorrow. Uh, Big Rob's going to be in tomorrow. He's going to do... And I can't wait. I need to be more educated about it. We're going to be talking about uh, electronic currencies and really blockchain technology, what it means, and what's coming next, right? That's what we really are getting ready for. When you talk about you're buying insurance, right, when you're getting prepared, this is what's coming and what, what it is you need to get ready to do. And there was a great article out uh, talking about the next step in the process. And they talk about methodical planning, manufactured consent, corporate influence, combined forces, right? And this is what we have here. The unholy union between academic ideologists political puppets and corporate greed manifest in what can only be described as a juggernaut and it is and I sit there and I've been saying it lately right I'm so tired we've already given it's corporate welfare and now we got to give them even more tax breaks right because that's what they say is going to somehow save us again and we just never learn And they, they talk about the the ideology of today and how things are changing and, and they and they're talking about the getting rid of cash and what's been happening at whether it be in India, whether it be right here at home. Remember we did the report Visa is starting to a new program where they're gonna pay retailers to get rid of cash altogether, talking about the championing of the convenience of a cashless society, right? And why would we give ultimate control to these academic bankers who haven't, they can't even forecast anything. Right? They, they, they really they don't know what GDP is going to be. They don't know where wage, what wages are going to be. They don't know anything, seemingly. They will sacrifice freedom for convenience. 
They will be crushed under the juggernaut when alternate choices of transacted commerce are eliminated. And I think I think Rob's going to shed some light on exactly what it is that we're talking about. It's already started. As a matter of fact, really, for all practical purposes, it's already here. The middle class thinking Trump was going to help them, right? I, uh, guilty. Or the bitter left that thought Hillary was actually liberal. There are only degrees of authoritism now. Really, kind of right. We've been saying that all along, right? Democrat or Republican, it really doesn't matter. And those are the power, and those in power are the elitists who state they know what is best for you. It also happens to be what is best for them. And cash, and really, more correctly, how cash is spent is an obstacle of that. There's nowhere to hide. The cashless society is coming, and with it, your freedom to spend where and when you see fit. Your ability to get fair prices from open trade will be closed. And when you convert your paper to gold, that will be attacked next. I don't like that, but probably right. And those people using Bitcoin to transfer wealth out of countries to retain their economic freedom, we say this. What are you going to transfer your wealth into? Are you going to leave it in Bitcoin and then enjoy the the 100% volatility? And, of course, we'll we'll learn all about this, but he goes on to talk about what banks are doing. And you think about it, it's not just banks. What your investment houses are doing. Well, I guess technically some of them are banks now, right? Like Goldman Sachs, right? And and Morgan Stanley. And, of course, we know about all of the bankers, but they're running out with, with the tech companies, right? The Apples and the Googles, and they're all there. The Microsofts, the Warren Buffetts. And they're creating this system. Because they believe, because the the academics have told them, if we could just take away their freedom and control every aspect, things will be fine. And then you start hearing guys like Zuckerberg, and you've heard Gates and, and Buffett and Ellison and all these other techie guys talking about the universal income, because they already know what's coming. Right, you start looking at 44 million Americans. We only have 150 million people in the workforce, and we're approaching 50 million of that 150 working multiple jobs, and it's only going to continue to erode and continue to get worse. And you sit there and you talk about how it is that we can print our way into economic prosperity. It just doesn't work. It works for a little while, right? It worked in the 80s and the 90s for a little while. 
Right now it stopped working. But guess what? They're going to blame it on cash or they're going to blame it on gold or they're going to blame it on something other than themselves. But make sure tomorrow should be a very educational show. I hope everyone turns in. Final segment coming up. Final segment, Patriot Radio News Hour, our toll-free number, 800-951-0592. You know, maybe something that I missed was at play. You know, I, I was frustrated with the supposed flash crashes or fat finger, whatever you want to call it, in both gold and silver. And, of course, now we're all the way back, right? We recovered from those episodes but one thing happened on Friday when when I was talking to the bullion bank on Friday all backdate silver eagles are now gone and remember we've been having you know this I guess we'll we'll call it a supply glut of silver eagles and 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 is and we've seen it same thing in the gold market the 20s the 10s that have brought these premiums way down. And it was to the point, there was so much of it, we never even bothered to check anymore. On Friday, we got the, yeah, now those are gone now. And it coincides with, you know, the silver flash crashed last week, well, the week before, and somebody went in and just bought the whole physical market. Millions and millions of ounces. And then if you look at today, if you're out there looking at gold prices, same thing. You know, I remember what, what one day we got, what, down to spot? Remember? Yeah, U.S. 20s today, 1355. Rolls of Silver Eagles, 405. Uh, you know, as we look here, gold, like I said, gold's really... Pretty much unchanged, $1,255. Silver is at $16.47. And all of the, the, I guess, the backlog, mysteriously, miraculously, all seem to go away right at the same time. I think that's a pretty good indication of what may be coming. Uh, If you want to make sure you take the time, put them away, give us a call. At eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two, while premiums are still there, they're nowhere near. We're well off the bottom. We'll probably never see those premiums again. Well, maybe we will. What in another fifteen or twenty years, maybe. Uh, but but uh, still not where they've been historically. So there's still a good time to get in at eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. The Dow is down. What about 50 points right now? The Dow, the NASDAQ, the S&P. Well, the NASDAQ actually just turned higher. So the Dow's down 52, the S&P's down 3, the NASDAQ's actually up uh, 10 points, gold's up 40 cents. Our toll-free number, 800-951-0592. And then remember tomorrow, uh, we're going to talk about the new blockchain technology, the electronic coins, the electronic credits. Uh, make sure you tune on. I know I can't wait because I want to be more educated. We need to be. What is it that we're up against? How much freedom and sovereignty are we truly going to lose? Uh, 
and how big of a role is gold, gold going to play in that? Hopefully, uh, Robert will be able to share some of his time, uh, his expertise in that with us tomorrow. Try to stay dry out there. It is so humid here. Whew. 800-951-0592. Everyone take care. Enjoy the rest of your Monday. We'll talk again tomorrow.